Welcome to another episode of Married with Video Games. I'm your host, Matthew. I'm your host, Christina. And I am enthusiastically bringing you Near Automata. I am so excited to talk about this game, everybody. It's really good. <laughs> We're just going out the gate. It was really, really good. You enjoyed it. I loved this game. Okay. I okay. will go over everything, but I just had to get my over overwhelming enthusiasm out of the way right now so I can be giddy talking about it the rest of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I figured I'd start. I liked it. Not as much as you, for sure, but it was a lot of fun to watch you play. There's a lot involved with this game, so I'm going to read a brief description from the GameStop website, kind of giving it a description of what the game's about, and then we're going to do our best to explain this game, because it's Probably very... Probably spoilers. There'll be some. We won't spoil any of the endings. Uh, <laughs> yes, endings in multiple. Yes, there are a lot of them. Yes. But we will go over... And try to describe the game the best we can. I found when I've been talking to people about it, I've had a really tough time exactly explaining what this game is. So give me a little bit of a break if I don't do the best job here. Yeah, I've described it to one of my close friends as um, Final Fantasy Light, almost, watching it. There are those elements in there. And the fighting remind me reminded me a lot of that. Just, like, no ultimates... Or anything like that. Yeah, so Square Enix did develop this, and they do all... <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> they do all the Final Fantasy games, so it did have some influence, I think, but not to that extent, because this game's been going on... The series has been going on for a while. Yeah, so it's a sequel to Nier that came out in 2010, which that in and of itself is a spinoff of the Drakengard series? Yeah, there's Drakengard 1, 2, and 3... I think people say you can skip two for the most part. I got very confused trying to find everything on Wikipedia. And then it's so near near remnant, I think, or is it near oh. near remnant and then near automata? I think is the order of the games. Hold on. We're gonna pull that up while she's pulling that up, though. Real quick, I'm gonna read GameStop's. Uh, near replicant. Near replicant. Because I kept typing remnant when I was looking and for what's replicant. what's the remake that's coming out. So replicant. <laughs> they're, they're actually remastering uh, near replicant. I think they're remaking it actually. Yes, it is. It is a remake because the one article that I saw said that it's quote unquote more than a remaster, but that article was from before we had you know the Final Fantasy seven remakes. So okay. it, it seems more like it's a remake. Okay. So anyway, so GameStop describes near Automata tells the story of Androids two B nine S and A two. And their battle to reclaim the machine-driven dystopia overrun by powerful machines. Humanity has been driven from the Earth by mechanical beings from another world. In a final effort to take back the planet, the human resistance sends a force of android soldiers to destroy the invaders. Now a war between machines and androids rages on. A war that could soon unveil a long-forgotten truth of the world. Yeah. That's pretty concise. That's a very... Without uh, telling you anything, but yeah, that's, that's a good summary. That's a good summary of what the game is. Initial storytelling is what it's about. Yes. There's a lot going on in this world. Mm -hmm. You find out a lot by doing side quests. You find out a lot more just playing through the initial story. 
uh, a little bit of gripe, we'll get to it later, is the story takes a while for the character development-wise. That, that's in my uh, negative review that is I grabbed. It, oh, jeez, oh, okay, well, we'll do that in a minute, but the way the game is set up, the story kind of unfolds, and you kind of have to figure it out along the way. Yes. I think it would have been better had we played near like the first game and mm-hmm. actually had a good idea because i think we were about 15 hours into it so you were on the second playthrough mm-hmm. and um i was like i still don't fully understand the story like it's not fleshed out enough for me and you were like well this is technically the sequel to a different game i'm like oh that makes sense as to why i don't really have a lot of backstory yeah i'm sure there's more backstory in the prior yeah games yes or at least a little more world building so i would you know get more between the machines and the androids and then the machines versus the machines that are off the network and not fighting the pacifists mm-hmm. yeah it, yeah and there's a lot of characters in there that i'm sure are in prior in games, one, yeah. that we would get more backstory and why they're doing what they're doing. Yes. Anyway. Reviews. <laughs> let's do a couple reviews. So I just grabbed from IGN this time, because I did this in a rush. I'm not even going to lie and say I was doing anything fun. <laughs> uh, so I went to IGN. Metacritic for the PS4 version, which is the version that we played, uh, critics gave it an 88, and it has an 8.9 from users. So pretty much... It's consistent with consistent, one another. Consistent, yeah, yep. which is good. So IGN positive, you'll enjoy this. In between hearty chunks of feel-good hack and slash, you'll trade a fireworks display worth of projectiles with flying enemies, hack into robot mainframes, read a text adventure or two, and even brawl with a pair of psychotic twins. Those twins are very psychotic. They are psychotic. This radically changing gameplay makes for a thrilling roller coaster ride, and I mean that literally. In one of the craziest, most beautiful action sequences I've ever encountered, you'll fly- fight atop a moving roller coaster while racing full speed through the dilapidated remains of a sun-kissed boardwalk that was a really awesome scene where you fight on the roller coaster that is very fun actually we should just talk about the amusement park i'm gonna make a note for that in a second because otherwise we're gonna forget okay because i know that was like your favorite area It, it was by far uh then there is a a negative that you held higher than me yes so this is also from the same ign review that said, the bigger issue was the disconnect I felt from 2B and her fellow androids. Their personal dramas take too long to unwind, which prevented me from fully investing in their fates. Why should I weep or cheer for them if I'm not given a reason until 20 hours in? And 20 hours in is for just the first two playthroughs, and then the third playthrough is kind of back and forth between a couple different characters, and it's a lot of character building and like that emotional connection needs to be built up much sooner and i get that they're androids so they're you know not fully capable of emotions like we are although they get relatively close but it's still they're <sighs> they're trying to figure out humanity yeah. along the way as they're d- defending humanity and 2B and 9S are both <clears throat> very into their roles and like strict about them in different ways and they do kind of loose and up 9s definitely does but mm-hmm. 2b stays very rigid until like the last hour of gameplay and mm-hmm. that kind of bothered me because you could s- i could see where they could make her connect better with 9s mm-hmm. and you have like one moment of her half-assedly calling him nines like he asked her to at the very beginning and mm-hmm. then she never does it again <clears throat> and then she's sobbing when he dies in one of the playthroughs and it's like okay I didn't have a great connection to it. (laughs) 
So uh, I... Playing the game directly felt more of a connection than she did okay. with the characters. Um, the character building was slow, but I did appreciate the characters for who they were and watching them break through their shells in different ways was a good enough emotional reason for me to keep playing through in the second playthrough to see what happens and why it happens that way. Uh, and then even progressing forward from there, I like the... Just the feel and the emotional growth of the characters, even though they got annoying at times, yes. they were a little whiny at times. Ninos got really bad <clears throat> in the third playthrough for me, or the, yeah, let's call it that. Yeah, and so you get to different points of the game where you're playing different characters. The first playthrough, you're actually playing as, as 2B, Yes. and 9S is your sidekick. The second playthrough, 9S is the main lead. You actually go through the first story, first part of the story arc as him and through his point of view mm -hmm. with 2B being the sidekick. Yes. From there, there's a third playthrough which actually continues the story arc where you play as 2B and then but you mainly play as A2 and 9S respectively. Yes. And you alternate between them for different parts of the story to see how they're converging on different paths to end up at the same point. Do we need to explain like who two B and nine S are versus A two? I, I will. Go, I will going forward. I just wanted to get people context yeah, yeah, yeah. that you you don't get the full story unless you play through the game. There's technically five endings. Four of them are official endings, and the fifth one's a secret ending. Is that the quote unquote true ending? True ending of the okay. game, and then there are there's technically A through Z. Yes. There's technically twenty six endings, but. All of them but five are joke endings. Yep. They're Easter eggs. So one of them, you eat a fish, That's... and your character, and the oils clog up you, and you die. Yes. And so you just immediately reload the game, and it gives you a little achievement for getting that ending. Yes. So if you find these goofy endings, they're just quick. You die, and something happens. And then so, you go back to the game, and, and you keep go, going. and you keep yeah. going. But it gives you a, the credits roll by at an alarming pace. An alarming <laughs> pace, and then it restarts it for you. Looks like Betty, Betty Symington. <laughs> So I actually wanted to try to reiterate and describe the game because they did it a little bit in the um, description. But the game starts out as a shooter, yes. a top-down, like single single-layer dimension shooter. I like mean, you're it playing looks, asteroids or something. I call it, yeah, like you're playing asteroids, but you're moving quicker. It looks good, and then it'll actually switch to a two D perspective where it rotates the camera and you can move on a plane. Mm -hmm. But you're still not going up, down, left. You're just going left, right, up, you know, in different directions. You're not going in full three-dimensional space. And then it'll switch to a third-person action-adventure RPG where you're leveling up. You get different weapons and can upgrade all your stuff. But you can still shoot with your pod like you're shooting in the air. Mm -hmm. But like then the there's you can jump around like platformers like you would do in Donkey Kong where you're jumping between platforms. Yes, and it's only like the forward-facing view. Yeah, and sometimes they do a 3D, sometimes they'll do a two-dimension. Yeah. So they have all these different dimensional ones. And then there's a hacking mini-game. And they do, while some of them are not as good as the others, they do all of them incredibly well. Yes. Everything they did with this game keeps the gameplay fresh for the most part. Yes. The 9S full portion of just playing as him was a little tiring at the end. I think it would have been more enjoyable because it did get a little monotonous because 9s is a hacker so then you can hack into the machines you're fighting and kill explode them that way to then 
have other enemies around them take damage and then you can continue that way without really having to fight them. Um, so that's the little mini game that you play is to hack them and you're shooting in literally like a little triangle, which it's really cool and really fun for like the first two hours. And then it gets really boring to watch if you're watching and not playing. Yeah, it's, it's all right to keep playing, but it does get, that's the only part of the gameplay that I was like, this is getting a little old by the time you get to the end of it. It was still fun because there's different challenges of hackings, weaker enemies die. The hacking goes quicker than the, the tougher ones. And you kind of go through the loop of what puzzles you have to solve in the hacking formula, but it's always destroy all the little things to blow up a shielded enemy. Once the shield goes away, you can kill it. Yeah, and I think his <clears throat> run through of the game would have been better if we had almost a different storyline, like similar storyline. Like maybe you started halfway through where you started as 2B, and then it went a little bit farther, and then the third playthrough started at a different point, but... Toward, yeah, just towards the end of 9S. Because you're, 9S is replaying the original portion of the game. Yeah, the so first you, you already you, you just get slightly different gameplay and facts that you see because they separate a couple times in the story. Yes, that's true. But it was still really good. But it's really hard to describe this game because it, it, it you think it's the jack of all trades, but it masters almost all of them beautifully. Rather than master of none, it does all of the portions really well. Yeah, and the cool thing about the hacking, which we will, this is a perfect segue for what we want to talk to next, is when you hack into the machine, the music in this game is beautiful. When you hack into a machine as 9S, it turns into like a retro arcade sounding version of the song that's playing and it just goes seamlessly into it and then seamlessly back out. Uh, Once you get through the hacking portion. We were both very impressed with that immediately because we're nerds. (laughs) I like the music more than you did. Yes. But I... I'm in love with what they did with this game. They did full vocal soundtracks, mostly in Japanese. Yes. But they sang these songs and put them in the game. And even if you don't like the song, it fit the area perfectly. It did. It really did. Every song that you heard fit the little area that you were in. And you don't play many video games where they're actually singing. You'll hear beautiful soundtracks, or you'll hear songs and credits and title scenes. Or like if you go into like a bar area or a party or something. Yeah, you'll hear people singing. When you're in the open world, they have these songs and they're singing, and it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's full looped vocals. It's like you're on a Disney ride. So if you were stuck on, you know, Splash Mountain, where they're singing uh, Laugh in Place, you just get that over and over, except it's not as noticeable as if you're stuck on Splash yeah, Mountain and they're they, talking about the laughing place. <laughs> I just absolutely loved it. And as she mentioned before, the amusement park. It was the perfect amount of creepiness in the songs. There is an amusement park you get to, <laughs> and this is a little bit of spoilers, but the enemies are not hostile towards you in here. Mm-hmm. You can attack them and make them hostile, but they're not hostile to you. And the music is eerie, it's creepy, it's but it's creepy. also beautiful, mm-hmm. and it fits that amusement park. And it's one of my favorite songs I've heard in a video game to date. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've been listening to it all day today, and it's just caught in my. It's been caught in my head, so I've been trying to listen to it and get it. I just absolutely love it. I recommend looking up near Automata amusement park and just listen to it, and it's the perfect amusement park creepy. Song. Do you want me just to pull it up? No, don't. We'll, okay. Well, we'll avoid the copyright <laughs> this time. We did it once already. Let's try to get some sponsors or something going here. Yeah, that, that's fair. <laughs> um, I will say, and the music was very good. I didn't dislike it at all. Um, 
Pascal's Village was my least favorite out of all of them. There were two different songs that played there. And Pascal's Village, Pascal is a pacifist machine machine that has disconnected from, quote unquote, the network. So she's actually an, an ally versus an enemy in this. I think it's a he. But it is. The Pascal voice actor is definitely female. It's definitely female. But it's a male robot. So yes. they actually, the robots, while having no genders, they assign genders to themselves. The point being is that they're trying to... Um, build their own community. Build their own community. But they're also... The humans and the androids... Or not the... Sorry, not the humans. The androids and the machines are all trying to emulate humanity in different ways. Yes. And the machines will continue to emulate humanity even when it fails. Yes. And so it's interesting that they'll just keep repeating the failures of humanity mm -hmm. over and over again to try to be human. So it's really an interesting... Makes you think. It does make you think a lot. But the music in Pascal's Village was very obnoxious, but it did fit the village. It fit the village. It was very, like, whimsical, kind of, like, childlike. Well, there are children singing the song yeah, in there. Yeah, so there's two different songs that play, and one of them only plays when you come in from a certain entrance, and I cannot stand that song. It has, like, a children's choir of, like, six kids that don't know how to sing, singing the songs and i could not it was just mm. nails on a chalkboard nails for on a chalkboard for me every time it didn't bug me as much as her but i did agree that it was not it was of all the soundtracks it was not my favorite Agreed. I, I can agree with that <laughs> so we're talking about characters here let's start with who 2b is first so 2B and 9S are part of Yorha. Yeah, so Yorha is the android unit that is trying to... Human, humans have gone to the moon Yes. to get off Earth to escape the machines. And the Yorha units are the androids trying to d destroy the alien force that created the machines so humans can come back to Earth. Yeah, to take back the Earth. Take back this. the Earth. And these are on what we call bunkers or like space stations. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they either fly down from there or they can actually transfer their consciousness between bodies on these little, those little like vending machine looking things that we go into. Yep. And there's also the resistance that's always on the earth. Kind and of. those are androids, but they're not your high units specifically, but they're fighting the uh, alien. ground battle. Yeah. For the <laughs> most part. So your high, uh, 2B is a fighter, a fighting unit, a yes. tactical unit, and 9S is a scout. Yes. And so they get paired up with each other, and their combat styles are very different. So obviously 2B is swinging different swords and weapons around and getting up close and personal, while 9S likes to hack. And his attack, he can still attack, but it's weaker than 2B when he's up front and attacking. Yeah, she has two weapons that she can wield at the same time. He can only wield one. Mm-hmm. And there's different, there's large weapons, smaller ones, spears, and fists, fisticuffs. Gauntlets, yeah. Mm -hmm. No one can see me do the fisticuffs. <laughs> but you can switch between those, and then 2B can only have one weapon, but he hacks, which he can actually, you can actually take over machines, physically control that machine, or you can self-destruct them at any point in time to deal area of effect damage, which is the most useful for the most part. Mm -hmm. So, like we said, you have multiple playthroughs. Uh... 2A is a ex Yorha unit. A2. I'm sorry, I said A2. Is it A2? Yes. So it's 2B and then A2. Yes. Okay. I also got confused most of the time when we were playing this. Okay, yeah, I'm mixing them up already. But A2 is an ex Yorha unit. So she is someone that 
to be a 9S or fighting at various points in time. But there comes a point in the story, we will not spoil this reason, but you play as A2. Yes. And her combat style is very similar to 2B. Yes, she is the model before 2B. Yes. Can you guys hear our dog panting in the background? Oh, he's out cold. We've been playing with him outside, and he just uh, he's down for the count. <laughs> and he's panting real loud. So if you get that in the background, we apologize. <laughs> I loved playing as uh, 2B and A2. I think that was really well done. Um, I wish we got more story with A2 than we did. I really I wish that, that too. I felt like she was real. If you want a character that was really underdeveloped, uh, it was A2. You fought her once in the first playthrough. We had, And we had no idea who she was. I don't know if she's in the first game. But you play as... So, but when you're playing as her in this game, there's a big reason why you switch to her and her perspective, but it's really a... Um, it's very I, melancholy, the good way of saying it. Like, you're just not... It's for, it's for real sad reasons. And that you're playing as her trying to emotionalize because she's really hard she's really shut down and she opens up a little bit towards the end uh, because of all the memories that she gains throughout it and she yeah. she's a different perspective of everything but and she's much more witty and sarcastic yes she also uh i don't want to say abdicated from yorha but she's basically on the run and actually wanted by yorha so yeah. she's very disillusioned by everything as well yeah and she gets forced back into yorha as well yes that's why you're playing as her. Again, no more. We're not going to give any details no, of why it happened. spoilers, yeah. But she um, she gets forced back to being a Yorha and gets a pod again. I think essentially those pods are what designate you as a Yorha unit. It's a little thing that floats by you, and that's when you're, when you're shooting. That's where all the shooting comes from yes. in the game. So you can shoot in all, all the forms, whether you're flying or when you're... Uh, on the ground, and you also can swing a weapon when you're flying in the air, too. Yeah, you get a giant uh, sword made of lasers, and it's awesome. It's really cool. <laughs> so, um, I have a couple minor gripes with the game. For me, it was sometimes the camera angle was hard to deal with when it was switching between the 2D and the 3D platformers. Yeah, there's a warehouse, an abandoned warehouse area that you go through where it'll flip between the two. A lot. A lot. Like the, every other area. And the camera will go above you to the side. And it's cool, but sometimes it's hard to get your directional bearings when it's switching so much on you. Mm -hmm. Not bad, just uh, it gets tough after a while. We mentioned the music being a little annoying in some areas. Again, I loved what they did with the music in this game. I think it was brilliant to actually put a soundtrack like that in this game. It was very risky in the fact that they pulled it off the way they did. Yeah, it transitioned very well between the different areas. I think there was only one time, and it was in the third playthrough, where you were like... Left an area and it just jumped yeah, the music were, in. You were coming in from the main area into the resistance camp, and you like made it under the concrete, and it just like exploded out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that was very shocking. So we are going to spoil something. It is a gripe. <laughs> yes. I lost my mind at this point in time. I'll just admit it. I was yelling at the TV like a childlike you, you tantrum. You a controller. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> one of the, the, the true ending of the game, and I'm not going to spoil how you get here, but you have to fight the end credits. Yes. It's like you're hacking them. Uh, we're not going to tell you 
what to do, but do not stop Don't doing give up. it. If you die a bunch, it keep going. Just keep going. It, they, it'll be okay. It will be okay. They will offer assistance and you'll get through it. I was gonna keep going, but I hit I hit the give up on accident. Yeah, that was when you really lost it and said, All right, we'll just watch a video. And we watched it the next night once we were calmed down because it was even frustrating to watch. Like, not even just... You have to be a god at moving in those games to yes. do do beat the end credits after a while. Yeah, so we watched a YouTube video and literally when it happened, you were like, oh, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go. Can we go do that right now? Yeah, because <laughs> So don't give up. Don't if you give get up. If you get to this point and play it and get to the true ending... Beat the end credits, you'll get through it. You will die several times, and then they'll go, all right, we're helping you out. Just, that's all we're leaving you with. Yeah, I guess my only other gripe would be that the ending you get after battling the end credits is not worth going through battling the end credits. So the end credits are like a 10-minute thing. Yes. And the, yeah, the true ending is very good. It gives you some nice closure to the characters. Yes. That you don't get otherwise. I would call it a happy ending, even though it's still a little sad. Yeah. Happiest ending of all of them. Yeah. But you do... um, It's worth looking at. If you didn't get the assistance, it would not have been worth it at all for that ending. The fact that they offer you help is cool. Uh, And there is something you get to choose after watching all the true ending. It's up to you if you want to do it or not. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm leaving that a mystery, but you do need to play this game. The you pl- give me your rating, because I always give mine first. You give yours first. 9-5 for me. Okay. I would give this game a 9-5. Uh, it, it obviously was not perfect. I would argue this is one of the few games I wish I could play for the first time over again. Really? We were just talking about that earlier. Yeah, so that's almost what I was telling because Breath of the Wild is one of those games oh, that I wish uh-huh. I could play for the first time over again, and then this one, I feel the same way. So the reason why I didn't do that for Final Fantasy VII Remake is because I've already played Final Fantasy VII so many times. So the remake, I've already played the game. Had it been the first time I played any Final Fantasy, I think I'd feel different about That wanting to be something I could replay for the first time. But since Final Fantasy VII is a 1997, so it's over 20 years old, (laughs) I I don't have that same feeling. I have the nostalgia love for it. Kind of like I have with Zelda in general. But Breath of the Wild is a game, if I could play it for the first time over again, I would. And I I I would say yes for this game, too. It wasn't perfect, but I absolutely recommend buying and playing this game. I would play it again in a heartbeat. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. All right. How about you? I would probably give it um, seven and a half or eight. I don't think watching it is as fun as playing it, but we also, it felt like 9S's middle section just took so long, and it, it was not fun, not fun to watch after a while, just with all of the hacking, which was a very creative way to do his part and to actually, like, quote-unquote hack. It was very cool, but mm-hmm. ten solid hours of that. And that's also how you chose to, you know, 
uh, fight. It, it's just faster. Because it's just faster and easier, so and I get that. And there's a lot of story with the hacking that comes along. You get a lot more story behind the bosses that you fight. Yeah, and I don't... I wasn't fully impressed with the cohesiveness of the story. I think, like, it ended and I was still very confused as to, like, where things stood. So I think that's where the lower score comes so, in for But for me. instance, for me, like, what I'm referring to is f- there's a boss that is a whacked out opera singing oh my god that that one's so much fun when you're fighting her it's with as to be it's it's so different because when you do as 9s and you hack you actually get her backstory of why this robot became the way it was and it was really intriguing to see something like that it was intriguing but also at the same time if you didn't do any of the side quests where you met that character that it was all about how, mm-hmm. why she became who she was it would kind of be like what are these cutscenes yeah it's, i liked it i know you did and i'm not saying i disliked it but the i feel like the story could have been a little more cohesive and i would have enjoyed it a lot more yeah so the difference when we're being when between her and I playing video games growing up is I grew up with the games where you did every last nuanced detail in video games. I mean, I did that for Zelda and for Mario, but some of those red coins you had to find were really hard to get to, so I gave (laughs) up after a while. And so for me, when I played games... I'm in the kind of way I played Castlevania Symphony Night where I dug through every nook and cranny to get any last little bit of detail. I like playing the Dark Souls games, which when you watch me play Demon Souls... Oh yeah, do you want that for your birthday? I, really I have like twelve do. different things that you want. Uh, for listen, your birthday. you you pick and choose. I, I'm going to be getting it regardless, yeah, so that's you fair. you choose when I get it, I guess. But Demon Souls doesn't necessarily tell you the story. You learn it as you play through. All the Souls games are like that, and so for me, I like that. I like having some ambiguous stuff where I have to fill in the gaps or I have to figure out something here and that there. That I'm completely okay with. It's just how Near Automata did it with the piecemeal and then you replayed the same storyline but you got different pieces. Those pieces didn't always line up with the pieces that you found as to be. I guess my main gripe is just with the story. <laughs> I love see and I love the story. I thought it was really well done. All right. Well, at least we have differing of opinions on something. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you if you were playing the game, you would feel differently, too. I think so, too. And I think it's kind of uh, with Ghosts of Tsushima. Yeah, if we you... were kind of different on that, too, a little bit. Just because that one was a little bit harder for me to sit and watch. But also, that one was in a different language, so I had to pay attention to subtitles. Well, now you have to learn Japanese. I... You know, the amount of anime that we have watched lately, I am remembering very random things that I learned during my J-Rock phase. Those are all coming back up. Man, I really need to pull up my gact on my iPad and just start listening to that again. So, we, <laughs> either way, we're going to be playing Near Replicant, the yes. remaster, when that comes out. I think that's April. Or April or March. March yeah. or April time frame next year. So, we're just looking, looking forward to that, and maybe that'll give us more backstory, and maybe... I will probably ask you at the time if your score for this game goes up. Yes. Having had more backstory filled yes. in. Yes. I feel like like I almost read the Wikipedia for uh, Near, the first one, mm-hmm. while I was pulling stuff today. And then I said, no, I don't want that to... Because we didn't play it. And it, it's not the same when you read it on Wikipedia. Yeah. So, either way, differing scores for once. That yes. That doesn't happen as often. No. And my score was... I don't want to say lower like this for uh, Little Nightmares, but it was 
on the quote unquote lower and I did the Homer Simpson the... seven thumbs up. <laughs> 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 All right, guys, if you want to reach out to us, uh, we'd love to hear from you uh, at Gaming Marriage on Twitter uh, and Gaming Marriage at gmail.com. Uh, PlayStation 5 comes out soon, so we're going to be digging into that. We have one other hopefully shorter game we're going to get to before we do a little PlayStation 5 yeah, unboxing of, coverage. and As of recording, the PlayStation 5 comes out in a week. Your pre-order has not been canceled yet. So we're... Uh, we're hopeful. We're hopeful it'll be coming in. We'll be playing Spider-Man when that comes out. Spider-Man. And, uh, Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk's not... Ooh, that got loud. <laughs> in December. Yeah, Cyberpunk got pushed back, but that's okay. But, uh... Bug Snacks. Bug Snacks is free for PlayStation Plus members, and I'm going to play so much Bug Snacks. So she's playing Bug Snacks. As much as we ragged on this game, you are, uh, you're you're jumping in head first. She is so excited about it. I really it. feel like it's either going to be really dumb and too little kiddish, and I'm going to hate it, or it's going to be so dumb that it's addicting, and you're going to have to buy another PlayStation 5, because I'll be playing Shucks. Bug Snacks. You'll put it up on the, the, the computer up here. <laughs> So uh, reach out to us if there's anything you want us to play, any comments, questions, anything like that. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, I think that's it. That's all I got. All right. Our dog's passed out too, so he says it's time to go. Okay. (laughs) Bye. Bye.